0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex podcast, hosted and presented by The Building Christian Fellowship. At The Building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I pressed my way into the house of God this morning. Even if you can be seated today even if it was just for that moment. Even if it was just for that moment cuz listen, one moment with Jesus is more valuable. Man, one moment spent in his presence, one word from God. Listen, it can do a whole lot more than any 20, 30, 40 minute message I can preach you today. That's why it's so important that we press our way in. Whether we're by ourselves, Alone, we press into his presence. Whether we're in the church house together, we press our way in. Whether we're watching online, we're not just sitting on our couch. We're not just watchers, but we're worshipers. Whether you're sitting here or you're watching from home or your job or your car or wherever you are. We're not watchers, we're worshipers. We're participators, not spectators. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can turn the lights up this morning. Because I need to see some faces. I need to see some faces this morning because I feel like I've got a word for... In fact, I know I've got a word, okay? Because I was standing up here during praise and worship. And I'll be looking out at the crowd, and I'm, I'm trying sometimes, Atira, to not get discouraged looking at the faces in the crowd. Okay, I'm not talking about you all. I'm not talking about everybody, but there's some people this morning, like... I mean, I don't want to say it. Did your dog die this morning? Like, what happened? You are in the house of God. You woke up with breath in your body, with two legs that worked to walk into the building with a car that had some heat in it and some windshield wipers or whatever you needed to get you to the house of the Lord this morning. Let's let our faces show. In fact, we're going to talk about it this morning. Can we talk this morning? Can we talk? Before we get into it, I want us to just go to one scripture. First thing, first and foremost, off the bat, let's go to the word of God in Philippians chapter 4. Okay, I'm going to help you all out this morning. There's nothing like the presence of God. and He is so good. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. What's that first word? Thank you. Someone said it with some meaning behind it. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Always. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. Does anybody know what always means? I mean, we could look it up in the dictionary. I know we got some teachers in the house this morning, but I'm pretty sure we all know that always means always. always. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Again. Because a lot of times, sometimes we need to be reminded. Again, I will say, rejoice. And I know what some of you are thinking this morning. There are some people in this room that are like, that sounds nice, but I got nothing to rejoice about this morning. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what happened before I got here. You don't know what happened all week long. I've been out of a job since COVID. I've been in not me personally, but I'm saying there's some people in the room that are saying these things on the inside. Yeah, my loved one died of COVID. We're still in the middle of a pandemic two years later. Like we're almost two years into this. What do I have to rejoice about? And whether you're willing to admit it or not, there are people in this room that have been having those thoughts. Can I just say something? And I I like to jump around just a little bit. I have discovered about myself that I can be a little random too, okay? It might be Pastor John rubbing off. I don't know. It might just be part of me that is awakening on the inside. But I like to be a little random, and we're going to jump around a little bit this morning. But last week, how many of you were here last Sunday? Okay, most of us were here. Was that just not the best service we have had in a really long time? Like, I feel like every Sunday we could probably say that. But, like, celebrating the growth groups, it was so awesome to see all the different people coming up on the stage celebrating um, this series that they had to fight through to get through every week. And, like, do it together and afterwards just feeling stronger Knowing some more people in a deeper, connected, more connected way, all those things. I say all that to say this. I wanted to give some honor where honor is due. And I wanted to take the opportunity while I have the mic. See, my husband and I, Pastor Lionel, we had the the privilege to um, kind of oversee the Connections Ministry for a few years here at the Building Christian Fellowship. But last year, the Lord put on Ray Charles, the Hankins, heart to take on this ministry and oversee the Connections Ministry, and I just want to say, truly from my heart, how much um, I appreciate—we appreciate your entire church family, appreciates all the hard work that your team, you guys personally, put into not just the growth groups but the whole Connections Ministry all together. They really have had a vision, and they've taken this ministry to a new level. And we're just—I just want to take a moment. Um, Because I don't know if I've ever had the opportunity to publicly um, just tell you guys how much we appreciate. So when you guys get a chance, make sure you um, not just Ray Charles, because I know they'll 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 give you uh, they'll they'll say, well, it was all a team effort and all of that. So, like, let's thank the connections team. In fact, okay, I'm just going to say if you're part of the connections team, can you just stand up for a minute? I want people to see if you are a small group leader, if you were part of the Welcome Center, if you're part of um, leading growth groups, any of those, uh, the cafe ministry. There's so many things that you guys don't even realize. Thank you so much for all that you guys do. You're such a blessing to our church. Hallelujah. And um, I just want to take a minute to pray before we get into this word, because I do believe that I have a word for the Lord for us today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word, God. It truly is life-changing. And that's our desire today, God, is to hear a word from you that our lives might be changed, God, that we might leave this place different than we walked in. And we just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Open, Help us to open up our hearts to your word, that when we receive the word, that it would be planted and we would continue to water it daily, Father God, by putting into action the word that you've spoken to us, and we just thank you ahead of time for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So speaking of growth groups, Lionel and I, we had the uh, awesome opportunity. we He was in a growth group, I was in a growth group, and then we did a growth group together this last time, and the one that we were part of together was the marriage group. How many of my married couples were part of the coffee date with the butchers? Yes, it was such a blessing. Um... To be a part of this group and we talked about a series on marriage about love and respect and there was one point in particular that i feel like really touched all of us Uh, probably it had just as much of an impact on every single one of us in the group Um, and that was this statement that my response is my responsibility you might have heard it being echoed throughout the last few weeks people talking about it um, but definitely, my response is my responsibility is something that we took to heart. We may have used it against our spouse a time or two. Let, your response is your responsibility. When you see them getting upset, reminding them, right, of what we were taught. But technically, it's not your response is your response. It's my response is my responsibility. But the one thing I wanted to bring out through that today was that, you know, This isn't just a statement or a fact just applied to married couples. It's to be applied in all situations. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, that's what Paul is instructing the church. He's saying your response is your responsibility. He's saying rejoice in the Lord always. He's just gotten done talking to them about some conflict that's going on in the church. Anybody ever had any conflict in the church? And then he's telling them at the end of it, rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice he's bringing them back to the main point because we can all have these things little things that we disagree about but we got to agree on the main thing we got to stay focused on the main thing and that is jesus jesus is lord and all these other little things we can debate about those later but let me tell you rejoice your response no matter what the circumstances to rejoice he said always right he didn't say when you know things are going good for you, rejoice. Yeah. No, he said always, at all times, for us to rejoice. So your response to whatever circumstance faces you today is to rejoice, because we're supposed to do it always. Let me let me give you a little background. The word to rejoice, or it, it means this. It most often refers to a spontaneous emotion or extreme happiness which is expressed in some visible and or external matter. Reac- uh, contrary to what some people think, rejoicing is a reaction to something. And it doesn't normally represent a state of well-being or feeling. Because a lot of people, they're thinking, well, I've heard messages preached on joy before. And the difference between... We, everybody always talks about the difference between being joyful and being happy. And most people think that being... Happy, right? It's a reaction to whatever circumstances face you. But the reality is that joy is also a reaction to your circumstances. But what's the difference between them then, if that's not it? I'm so glad you asked. So glad you asked. Because the difference is that joy is a response to eternal circumstances. Things that are never going to change, okay? And happiness is a response to temporary circumstances. Right. Like you're happy when you get that new car, right? Good. That car doesn't stay new forever, right? Yeah. Especially if you've got kids, right. all right? Let me just tell you. Yeah. The crumbs in the back seat, oh the fingerprints all over the windows. Yeah. Like it was, you were joyful when you got the car, but not as joyful when you got to go clean the car right? Your happiness was based on, sorry, happiness was based on a temporary or momentary experience or circumstances. However, joy is tied to something that's eternal, that will never change. Your salvation will never change. The character of God and the goodness of God will never change. That's how we're able to rejoice always. Because we're reminded, regardless of whatever temporary circumstances you face, because whatever you face in this world, are you listening? Whatever you face in this world, it's only temporary. All right. But man, you are secure in your salvation and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It never changes. You're never alone, like we were just talking about. He's always there we always have a reason to rejoice and I don't mean to sound insensitive to anything that anyone is going through this morning there are various degrees we all go through things in this life in fact Jesus promised that we would in this world you will have trouble right not you might have some trouble no he said you will you will everyone some of you might be thinking well you know My life's pretty good. Like, it's been fine. Well, you're going to have some trouble down the road, okay? So get prepared. This is your message for down the road, all right? Rejoice in the Lord always. No matter how difficult and painful and challenging your circumstances may be, they're only temporary. And I can still respond with joy because I'm not rejoicing because of what I'm going through. I'm rejoicing because of what's already been done for me. That's why Paul can confidently and boldly proclaim to the church. If anybody went through anything in this life, it was Paul. Okay? He was prison, beaten, shipwrecked, all the things. Right? But he still is the one confidently saying rejoice. You can still rejoice when you've been beaten down. You can still rejoice when you're sitting in prison. You can still rejoice because it doesn't change the fact that Jesus died so that we could live. On, Nothing's going to change that. And I can rejoice in that. And I know that it doesn't make sense that we could still rejoice in the middle of a pandemic two years later, but we can and we must. It's not a suggestion to rejoice. In fact, if you look in your Bible at Philippians chapter four, he tells you with an exclamation point. It's a command to rejoice. Oh, I can't wait to get deeper in this, you guys. Why would I rejoice? When I've been out of work? Why would I rejoice when I lost my business? Why would I rejoice when someone I love got sick or they even died? Why, why, why would I rejoice? And telling somebody to rejoice in the middle of their difficult time or painful moment, I mean, it sounds a little insensitive. My life is falling apart, and you're telling me to rejoice. Paul was telling people in the middle of an argument to rejoice in the Lord. Is that what you want to hear when you're fighting with your spouse is for pastor to come in and be like, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And you're like, I'm in the middle of an argument. And that's what Paul did. He like cut off his sentence about, you know, you need to get along and figure it out. And then he just said, rejoice in the Lord. Try it with your kids next time they're fighting. I don't know. Maybe it'll work. But it sounds silly. But listen, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let's get into this. This is New King James. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You mean he looked at the cross with joy? I mean, we've suffered in this life, y'all, but I don't think any of us will ever suffer to the degree that our Lord and Savior suffered. And he looked at the cross. Have you ever been nailed to a cross? Have you ever been beaten and persecuted by the ones you love the most? And he looked at the situation with joy. It says, joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, our example, looked to the cross with joy. Actually, it's better said this way. He looked beyond the cross with joy. He wasn't looking forward to being nailed to a cross. That doesn't make sense, does it? But he was looking beyond the cross. He was looking at the temporary circumstance of the cross to the eternal glory that was set before him. He looked beyond the cross. And we've got to sometimes make the effort, just like Jesus did, and look beyond the temporary circumstances that we're facing in this world and look to the eternal circumstance of our salvation. This is not our home. Don't get too closely tied to the things in this life. Even people aren't a promise, right, Pastor Kai? Right. People are a privilege, but they're not a promise. Right. My husband could walk out the door tomorrow. I don't believe this is going to ever happen, but I'm still going to be okay because my salvation is not in Lionel Davis. Right. I prayed for a daughter for 20 years, y'all, but if she was gone tomorrow, I would still be okay because my life is not in her. My life is in a foundation of being loved by the Father. Right. We're not taking anything that's here with us when we go. Right. So be careful not to get your heart too tied to the things of this world. On, it's going to be real hard to rejoice if you do. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Jesus did not let the temporary circumstances of the cross distract him from the eternal circumstances that were positioned just beyond the cross. And maybe you think that joy isn't really that important. You're like, Jenny, come on, in the middle of a pandemic or in the middle of my crisis, I'm not looking for a message, a nice little fluff message at Christmas time about joy. I need you to teach me um, how to pray. I need you to teach me a message on 20 steps to keeping the faith. That's what I need right now. And I'm telling you, what you need right now is joy. Joy is what got Jesus through the experience of the cross. And joy is what's going to get you through your temporary experience in this life. It's time we stop. Last year, I preached a message this time pretty much every year. a message about joy in the month of December, but last year I preached a message called, it's time to get serious about joy. Joy isn't serious. It's just a fluffy little, you know, happy jumping up and down, you know, all the things we think that joy is. And it's like, no, joy is a whole lot more than that. It's time we get serious. God, God is serious about joy. We need to get serious about joy. James chapter 1. Like I'm going to read you some familiar scriptures this morning, but I need to remind us today about how important it is to God. How important joy is to God. It says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. Not even just basic joy. Like he's talking about great joy. Like, you gotta turn up the joy volume when you're about to face some trials. Like, it's fine. Every day you got a certain amount of joy. Carry that with you. Have fun, enjoy it. But, man, when you're about to face some trials, consider it great joy. joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Mm -hmm. We need the trials. So we can build endurance, but to get through the trials to begin with, we got to face it with joy because we got to be looking beyond the trials themselves to the, in, to the endurance that's going to be developed later. That's going to lead to us being perfect and complete and needing nothing. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Yeah. I mean, cause most days I feel like a hot mess. I, I like this idea of feeling perfect and complete and needing nothing, but man, I got to face some trials first. But the only way we get through the, the trials is to face them with joy. John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Amplified says this. Again, a familiar scripture, but listen to it this way. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know, Jesus didn't just come so that you could go to heaven. He came so that you might have life and enjoy life. Sometimes we think as Christians because we know there is an aspect to the Christian life of suffering. And that's important too. But he didn't just say you're going to suffer every day, all day. You're only spiritual when you suffer. He's like, no, I paid a really, really high price so that you could have life and enjoy life. Joy is not a sin. No, we're supposed to as Christians. You are. Can I give you some permission this morning to enjoy your life? Like, that's spiritual. Like, who wants to get the, pay some real expensive price for a Christmas gift or a birthday gift for your kid? And then they're like, no, 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 I can't, I can't enjoy that. That wouldn't be spiritual. You know, or, oh, I played with it one time. <laughs> that's, that's not important. No, you paid a really high price so that kid could enjoy that gift. You're looking, like, expectantly and hopefully and, like, excited about them opening that gift and then using it. Amen. And God's like... I paid a really, really high price that you might enjoy this life. What are we doing with it? Oh, no, I need to suffer. Yeah, I get it. There are seasons to everything. There's a time and a purpose for everything under heaven, and you're not meant, I'm just going to tell you right now, to suffer your entire life. That's not the kind of God that we serve. That's just a part of it, and every part is important and plays its part. Joy is very important to him. He literally gave his life for joy, that you might enjoy this life. And listen, everything doesn't have to be perfect in life for us to enjoy it. Because what did we say? Joy is attached to eternal circumstances. You can still have a good attitude, though, even when things aren't going your way. And I'm not saying faking it. I'm saying no, legitimately having that peace and that rest on the inside. I can remember being at times in my life where things just did not work out the way I expected them to. And I felt disappointed. But I can honestly tell you there was just something always so deep within me. I shed some tears and I had my moments of sadness and I had the days where I didn't open the blinds in the house so I could just be alone in the dark and cry my tears. But there was still something on the inside of me that just said, this is not the end of the story. There are more chapters left to be written. And it gave me, it was hope is what it was. And it was the anchor that was holding me in the middle of the storm. But man, there is a joy that comes out of knowing that look, this is not the end. This is not where it ends for me. There's more to this life. So I wanna leave you today, I'm gonna shoot off a few rapid-fire points this morning about joy that I want you to remember. So I want you to get out your phones if you haven't already done it. I want you to get out your pen, your paper. I want you to write it down because if you're anything like me, I don't know. I used to be able, there's something about the 40s, you guys. I used to be, be able to remember like everything. Like, I was a straight-A student in high school because I could remember everything. But I'm like, now I can't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. Like, it's something happens to our brains as we get older. But let me tell you, there's something magical about writing down on a piece of paper or typing in the notes in your phone. You can go back and look at it at any time. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be needing to be reminded about this message. It might be as quick as when you walk out the door. It might be later on this week. It might be next month or next year. But you're going to need to remember this. Number one, things about joy that we need to remember. Number one is joy is my responsibility. My response is my responsibility, right? Joy is my responsibility. How many of you remember about a year ago in October when we did Pastor Appreciation in 2020, Pastor Bob Billion coming to preach? Amen. Anybody remember that? A few? He talked about joy, and I just want to remind you of a few quotes that he uh, said in reference to this, that joy is my responsibility. He said, if you're a Christian and you're lacking joy, you are being irresponsible. How is the world going to know we're any different than they are if we're, not walking, if we're walking around depressed with our heads hanging low all the time? We got to have some joy so we can represent Christ well. But if you're a Christian and you're lacking in joy, you are being irresponsible. The world is already broken and depressed and fearful. They need to see something different from the church. We have a hope, you guys. There is hope. And hope is more than a feeling or a wishful thinking. Hope is a person. He has a name. His name is Jesus. He is our hope. He also said this. He said, joy is an inside job. I mean, we got to look in here instead of looking around out here. Our salvation is in here. It's not in a vaccine. It's not in a government cure. It's not in um, the wisdom of science and all of those things. All those things are wonderful things that God helped to create. Don't get me wrong. But our joy is not based on what's happening out here. It happens in here. It's an inside job. Psalms 34, verse 1, it says, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm telling myself, I will bless the Lord. I'm not asking myself, will you bless the Lord today, Jenny? No, I will bless the Lord. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 2, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. My soul. The psalmist isn't telling someone else to do it. He's telling himself, reminding himself, joy is an inside job, and it's my responsibility. Okay. You ready for number two? Okay, everybody stop for a second. Take a breath. Look at the person next to you. Can you say, rejoice in the Lord? Okay, I just needed to make sure everybody was good and paying attention this morning. Okay, number two, joy is medicine for my soul. Amen. We all know the scripture, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. we are gonna talk about strength in a minute. Joy keeps us focused on the eternal promises rather than being weighed down the present circumstances in this life. Okay, number three. Are you ready? I promise I'm not going to keep you here too long today. Does that make you joyful today? Okay. Number three, joy is a result of trusting God. Man, when you trust God, you can face anything because you know God's got it. He is in control. If I will truly trust him, then I can truly be joyful because I don't have to worry when I've placed my problem in the father's hands. I've used this illustration lots of times, but man, when I was a kid, I didn't, th- I thought my dad could do anything. Like I thought he could fix anything. I thought he could solve any problem. Like it didn't even factor into my mind as a little kid that my dad could not do something. I just thought, it, I mean, that was it. That's the same attitude like we need to have towards our father. Like he can do anything. I can remember breaking toys or especially like little necklaces. I always seemed to be the kid that, you know, pulled it off and I'd bring it to dad with his big fingers and he'd still just be able to put it back together, squeeze it tight and give it back to me. He could fix anything. And that's the same attitude. Unless we become like little children, we're supposed to come like little children to the father. And just believe and trust that he can do anything. I didn't fear or get upset when I broke something as a kid because my dad could fix it. Right. I can have joy today because whatever's going on in this temporary life, my God can fix it. My dad can fix it. So Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7, it says this. Happy are those who trust in the Lord who rely on the Lord. And Proverbs 16 20, it says... Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Trust. Joy is a result of trusting God. I trust God no matter what it looks like. And number four, about joy, things I want you to remember. Did you write down the first ones? Joy is my responsibility. Joy is medicine for my soul. Joy is a result of trusting God. And finally, joy is a necessity, not a luxury. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 the second part of that verse it says the joy of the lord is my strength yeah. like we quote it all the time you maybe didn't know what the address was but we say it all the time the joy of the lord is my strength well are you listening to what you're saying mm-hmm. the joy of the lord and we've acted as if joy is not important or valuable and god's like no it's the key actually mm-hmm. the joy of the lord is your strength it's a necessity it's not a luxury there are a lot of things in this world that are gonna try to steal your joy, right? Ugh. Imani spilled her milk again. That's trying to steal my joy this morning. She's running late. I can't get her out of bed. Ah, stealing my joy. Car won't start. That's stealing my joy. Ah, I got COVID. Ah, stealing my joy. I can't be happy. I can't be joyful. No, 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 no. The world didn't give you that joy, so the world can't take it away, right? <laughs> God, the eternal promises of God is what brought joy to my life. So there is nothing in this world that's temporary that can take away my joy. It's not a suggestion, y'all. It's a reminder. Rejoice always. I mean, if you leave here remembering anything, rejoice always. It's two words. Rejoice always at all times, no matter what you face. If you find yourself running out of joy, then just rejoice. Saying, do it again, do it again, and then do it again. And then do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And then get up and you do it again. If you need more joy, you got to go to the source. Psalm 16, verse 11 says this You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your, hand, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you need some joy, you need some pleasure, you need something to give you that strength that you've been lacking, listen, go to his presence. I I believe that after the the worship that we just experienced in the presence of God that we just experienced, there's good that, that some joy was filled up. Your tank got a little more filled because you made the effort to spend some time in the presence of God where there is fullness of joy. Like it's never ending, y'all. It never goes away. Like, if you need more, just go to his presence. I'm going to close this morning. Pastor John and Kaya, this morning, they talked to us a little bit about um, the upcoming 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some of you might be thinking, I'm definitely not joyful about the idea of praying and fasting. But some of us, where we've been there before, like even though we know there's gonna be a sacrifice and there's gonna be some suffering, like we're looking to it with joy because we're looking beyond the temporary 21 days to what's gonna come after that. Because so many amazing things have come out um, after the end of the 21 days, right? We've done this every year for who knows, so many years. And we all know the things that have come out of that time of consecration, that time of setting the plate aside, that time of making the sacrifice to pray uh, when we would be eating or just to have an attitude of prayer that's happening all throughout the day instead of just that quiet time we have in the mornings, but really making that sacrifice, that time to consecrate, set ourselves apart. You know, joy is directly connected to our time spent in the presence of God. And I just believe that as we take this time to spend more time in the presence of God, we take the first 21 days of every year to really focus our time spent in his presence more than ever before, probably more than any other time of the year, that the joy that will come out of that is going to be phenomenal because the more we put into something, the more we're going to get out of it. In Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, it says this, I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their entirely burnt offerings and sacrifices on my altar. My house will be known as a house of prayer for all peoples. You know, prayer and corporate prayer and coming together, it's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the leaders in the church. It's not, it's for everybody. It's for all of us. All of our joy is connected to time spent in prayer and in the presence of God. If you're struggling, like I've struggled at times to make changes in my life, like it's hard. A lot of times there are certain things that are hangups in our lives, right? Like if you're struggling with something that you've been wanting to change for years, or decades even, or maybe for over a lifetime, you're like, ah, oh, I just need to get healthy in this area, or I just need to fix this, or I just need to get create good habits over here. I'm telling you guys, You need a little joy because you need some strength to really see yourself through the change. Listen, if you're struggling with depression or fear or anxiety or stress, if you're struggling in your mental health, in your physical health, and you're needing that strength to like walk in the freedom that God has already provided for us, I am going to encourage you join us link arms with us let's link hearts together and set aside these 21 days coming up in january to really pray let's make some sacrifices together man i want 2022 to look different than 2021 and not because necessarily any of the circumstances in my life have changed but i have changed I'm looking forward. I'm looking beyond the sacrifice to the joy that sits beyond that. I'm looking to to plant myself in the eternal promises of God and and be anchored in the hope that he provides instead of being tossed to and fro by the circumstances that I face in my life. And if I'm going to do that, I need to spend some time on my knees in the presence before a holy God and say, look, I'm nothing without you. I can't do anything without you. I'm hopeless without you. But with you, I can do all things. All things are possible for those that believe. But we need to spend some time in his presence getting filled up with joy so that we have the strength to face the temporary circumstances that are going to come at us each day. Joy is found in God's house of prayer joy counteracts fear joy counteracts depression, joy counteracts sickness, joy counteracts hopelessness and as we come together and we pray and we fast, I believe we're going to experience a joy like we have never experienced before a joy that isn't dependent upon things going right in my life, a joy that isn't dependent upon everybody cooperating with me listen, this is a joy. Uh, let me get to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. This is the, the verse that I want to leave you with. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. It's not a luxury. It's not just a nice thing to have. It's a necessity. In the NLT, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. I like that. I like when the Bible uses adjectives like truly. He didn't just say just be glad. Like that little emphasis on it. Like no, be truly glad. Don't just be fake. Don't just come into the church and go through the motions and clap your hands and sing along to the memorized song. No, it's got to come from your heart for it to truly be worship. Otherwise, you're just singing a song. You're just doing some aerobics, clapping your hands. No, it, our heart has to be connected. Be truly glad. Don't be the fake kind of glad. Be really grateful joy ahead not just that basic kind of joy that wonderful kind of joy is ahead you got to look past the present circumstances of the cross and look beyond like jesus did even though you must endure many trials for a little while anybody been enduring some trials no really have you been enduring some trials I feel like that's the one thing that kind of unites all of us in the middle of a pandemic is that everybody is facing some kind of trial or another. It will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. This is our eternal promise, you guys. You love him even though you have never seen him. I just felt like in that moment, God just stopped me. You've never seen him, but he's seen you. And he knows you. In fact, he says he has every hair on your head numbered. He just doesn't know like how many hairs are on your head. Every one of them has a number. He knows that hair number 365 fell out in the shower this morning, okay? Like he knows at all times every hair on your very head. So, you may not have seen him, but he has seen you. He has known you. He's seen you in the middle of the trials. He's seen you in the middle of the pain. He's seen you when you've been up at night drenching your pillow in tears. He's seen you. You are not alone, and you are seen. Now, nah, I lost my place. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And I feel like there are some of you that just need to know right now, he sees you and he knows that you trust him. Like your father is proud of you. Like maybe nobody else has seen the sacrifice. Nobody else has seen the difficulties and the challenges that you've been through. But he's seen it and he's proud of you for trusting him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. An inexpressible kind of joy. I feel like the best way to say that is the kind of joy that don't make sense. Like, it is, the world is going to be looking at us like we're crazy. Because they see us full of joy, and they're like, you're going through the same pandemic that I'm going through, or same trial that I'm going through. Why are you so happy? I'm so glad you asked. And then there's our opportunity to share about this joy, to share about this love. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have this personality type that tends to err on the side of melancholy. You know, like, I like sentimental things, but I'm also the kind that gets very sentimental in my emotions about things. And I have to remind myself constantly to rejoice. I have to remind myself that... um, the good times in the in the past that i've had man the days that are to come are going to be even better like sometimes i have to remind myself to rejoice and the best way to do that is to spend time where there's fullness of joy and that's in the presence of god there is wonderful joy ahead guys we got to look past the present circumstances the temporary the momentary circumstances and fix our eyes on the eternal work that was done for us all those thousands of years ago through the work and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for that eternal work that was done for us that we might have hope, that we might have joy, that we might walk in peace, that we walk in salvation. God, that we have the assurance lord we have the assurance that one day we'll be with you god and that gives us great joy and god we have the assurance that the the things we face in this life god won't even begin to compare to the glory that's to come and god help us in this christmas season god when it's easy to reflect back on the things that we've lost when it's easy to look at the things that we still don't have, when we feel disappointed, God remind us of the joy that came 2,000 years ago to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. Remind us that you are Emmanuel, that you are God that is with us, that you never leave us, you'll never forsake us, you give us, you are the hope of the world. And our hearts are anchored in that hope, God. We don't trust in temporary circumstances that we can see. We trust in an eternal, God, that we can't see. We trust you, God. And I just pray that over these people in this room, that everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice, God, I just pray that an eternal joy would rise up in the hearts of all your people, God. That they would remember that you paid a price so that we could have and enjoy this life, God. That we won't be scared of joy. God, that we won't be, uh, we won't treat it as a luxury, but God has the necessity for our strength to endure. And God, we love you this morning. In Jesus' name, remind us of your word as we go forth this week. You're such a good God, such a faithful God. Bless your people, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Before we close out, I just want to do one more thing. If there's anybody in this room, you have no idea what this joy is like because you've never had a relationship with the Savior of the world that we're all about to sing about and celebrate coming up in this Christmas season. If you'd like to know about this joy that we're talking about, if you'd like to know about this hope that we've talked about, if you'd like to invite Jesus to come into your heart, if that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand real quick? We're not going to embarrass anybody. We just want to pray with you. If there's anybody that'd like to ask Jesus to come into their heart, would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If that was you and you were afraid to raise your hand, I encourage you before you leave here, see one of the pastors, see one of the leaders, see someone at the Welcome Center. We would love to pray with you. Um, and if there's anybody in this room, just feel led one more time. Maybe you've walked away from the things of God. And Maybe there's a conviction that you're feeling in your heart because you're like, yeah, I haven't been representing Christ well. I don't really trust him, but I would like to trust him. If that's you this morning, we just want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you so much. And God, we just pray one last time that you bless these people as they go about their day. Thank you for bringing encouragement, God, and reminding us to rejoice and spend time in your presence this week. And to prepare our hearts for this time of consecration coming up in January, God. Speak to our hearts about the things that we should push aside for those 21 days, God. Help us, strengthen us to fulfill our commitment to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.